You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 56 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm speaking with Office Apps and Services MVP, Sean McDonough. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here today with Sean. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. So, Sean, for those people that don't know you, who are you? Who is the real Sean? Where are you? What are you? Why are you? I'm afraid that's classified, but I'll, uh, uh, I'm a guy who lives in Cincinnati. Um, been a, an MVP for, let's see, this is the fourth renewal. So, added a little while doing SharePoint since 2004. Wow. So, oh, yeah. So that's old. That's old school SharePoint. Yeah. If I were, a, if that were dog years, I'd be dead, I think. So, <laughs> but um, no, it's, uh, it's good here in Cincinnati. We've got nice weather right now. And um, I uh, operate independently as a uh, 1099 contractor. I'll, I'll work for you if the money's right. So, um, I told you, I, Sean, before we started recording, I'm not hiring right now. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> uh, I always can hope for that shot. Uh, well, so, so you and I have known each other through events for many years, the various SharePoint events and stuff. So, like, what are you out? You know, what are you like presenting on? Are you still doing a lot of conferences and events? Are you doing more online stuff? I've kind of throttled back on the conferences a bit. I'm still doing them when I can. Uh, more SharePoint Saturdays, I'd say, than conferences. Uh, but uh, I'll be at Charlotte in August. Uh, Cincinnati's got one coming up in October, and though I haven't, uh, let's see, I have not applied for that yet, but Stacy and I are like this, so I got to hope. My hometown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was do, used to do SP Tech Cons and um, various SharePoint Fests and things like that. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not doing them anymore. It's just I haven't had really good topics. I'm due to refresh uh, my materials. And that, of course, as you know, takes effort. And I do not live on the two energy drinks at midnight Christian Buckley plan. Oh, that's not so. me anymore. I'm you know, like one and a half tops. But uh, no, you know, it, but that's an interesting topic that I, I don't think I've covered with any uh, other MVPs around uh, that refreshing of, of content, mm -hmm. which is... Um, you know, so it's something that I go through on an you know, annual basis, kind of look at and reflect on, you know, what have I been talking about the last year? Kind of what's your process for, for that refresh? <laughs> um, let's see, hire a guy in India who steals somebody else's PowerPoint and no. Um, the process for me, it really kind of comes down to what have I been doing lately? Um, and where does that intersect with what I think people are interested in? And if I have a match, if there's overlap in that Venn diagram, I'll try and put something together for it. That has not happened recently in a while. Um, the last time it happened was with my performance talk. And I'm, that's the one I'm still doing largely when I'll go out and chat because I check in regularly with Scott Stewart at Microsoft. Um, and he's the guy who's got all the inside track and ownership of SharePoint Online performance and making problems go away for critical customers. 
Um, but you know, most of what I do is I, I don't do PowerPoints. I do Prezi's. So the Prezi process is very different than the PowerPoint. I mean, they may start with the same goal of generating something you can share with folks, but Prezi, I mean, it takes a much more scattered mindset. Anybody who wants bop, 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 right down the list, that's PowerPoint. If you want bop, 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 not quite that, but anyway. But Prezi was all about drama. And it, I, so, I, so I've used it a few times. I think you know, like really powerful effects where you could show some stat and then literally zoom in to, you know, on one point on that screen and show this whole other slide or, or data, you know, some chart or something on that, like the data behind the data. It's just an interesting way to present you, man, you're a holdout. That was like a Prezi, like was big on the scene. What, like five, six years ago. And you're still leveraging the technology. Still doing that. Yeah. They still continue. They've got a second tool now, which is kind of a compromise between the, what they call Prezi classic and the PowerPoint. But, um, I still found that Prezi matches my own presentation style um, much better than PowerPoint um, because I I like to use a lot of humor, a lot of shifting around. Uh, I learned very early not to make people uh, airplane nauseous by doing the whole spin and you know you turn the screen upside down you can almost see people you know heaving in the room. Right, it's the, the vertigo inducing presentations. Right. Yeah. yeah. Over the side, so I try to avoid that. That you know that that I got out of the way early on, but now it's I'll go through and I think after about half a dozen presentations, I've got thing half a dozen presentations of a particular topic, I've got a, a fairly well refined um, Prezi that kind of the the pacing of it matches the pacing of my own thoughts. So I'll talk and just naturally have things fill in. Well, so, so I find that, that too that while I have uh you know, multiple versions of a, a, of a presentation that I give and I'm a PowerPoint guy and, uh, you know, I, I, and I'm doing more business user topics and not more technical. So there's not a lot of uh, demo. I've, I do actually do some demos now, Sean, it's been a few years, I know, but uh, it's a, uh, but I find that. So even as I upload slides uh, and 80% and of it may be the same that every time I give that presentation, I know a lot of us you know, do this, that I'm, I'm refreshing because there's new announcements that are coming out all the time. And I've added a couple slides. I've taken away a few slides. I'm changing some of the narrative as I talk about you know, that presentation. So there's two versions of a deck or three versions of deck that are up in SlideShare. They could be three, two or three very different presentations. That's true. Um, I know what you mean. And it's, you know, SharePoint online has only accelerated the whole overturn. There's, um, <laughs> There's one slide I've gone to putting, or at least a section in the presentation at the beginning, where I talk about SharePoint Online being an evergreen service. Uh -huh. And so basically I say that means Microsoft reserves the right to change this at any time. So what I'm sharing with you will probably be good today and tomorrow, might be good next week. And the further out we get, the more I'd question it and be suspicious. This is all the way of saying, please don't send me hate mail in five years. <laughs> I'll right. put up a grumpy, you know, with a yeah. nice little letter from a, a, a attendee who says, you know, don't ever talk about SharePoint again. I hate you. Love an attendee. No, but, you know, but it's even there's people that need to look at dates on stuff. Like uh, somebody was just commenting a couple of weeks ago that they were responding to a tweet that they did in 2011. <laughs> 
somebody had gone and searched for something found and then disagreed. I'm trying to remember who it was. It'll probably come to me, but like some disagreed was a tweet that was made in 2011 and then was commenting on that. And he's like, who are these people? And I just didn't recognize that if you're, you're looking for a resource, I mean, I'm, I'm careful in marketing research, especially uh, of looking the dates of things in. So if I find something that, that helps make my point, but it's dated 2014, 2015, I don't stop looking to see if there's a newer version of that, which it may be fine. It might be the last time that data was gathered around that, that, that topic. But you want the best born on data. Likely though. Right. There, there will be something else that's there, but. I had someone comment on a five-year-old blog post on the app model. Uh, SharePoint app model, which of course is now the add-in model, but right, you know, it was, was that the correction and, they made? Like, why are you still talking about the app? Yeah, it's like well, that's not a problem. Just use this property. I'm like, did you look at the date? That property did not exist five years ago. Right. So, well, you know. I, if you were more responsible, Sean, you'd go back and update that blog post and notify yeah. all of your followers that you've made an update to that content. So. I guess I'm just the epitome of irresponsibility. Yeah, it's reckless, reckless. reckless. It can be uh, that too. Yeah, I have to do that Yoda reference once in a while. You're reckless. I can't do the voice, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, well, I this, do. Well, so on performance, and so because this has been, look, when I, so I started, uh, I got involved with this company, E2 Open, back in 2001, beginning of 2001. We built this uh, dedicated cloud, a hosted collaboration, hub and spoke model. So we build out this hosted collaboration solution for this an OEM and then connect other partners and you know tier one tier two tier three um, you know manufacturing um, suppliers and providers and stuff that are part of that process they be able to collaborate in this secure environment and you know back then you know where SaaS was a new model and trust in the cloud was we weren't even calling it the cloud we referred to it as the internet hmm. uh, you no, know I remember um, that. Monitor. Right. And it was, uh, but it was, uh, it, there was not a lot of trust there. And so we spent a lot of time uh, to talking about security, but, but, uh, the, but the reality was, uh, and th those conversations remain, um, but performance was a major issue because not everybody had broadband. You know, we don't even talk about it in those terms anymore. You just assume that, you know, people have, uh, at least in, you know, in the U.S. here, that people have broadband connections and right. Um, but the reality is that when you're doing, you know, high performance activities, if you're collaborating across multiple geos, um, if you are dealing with, you know, massive file sizes with like CAD files and other things, um, then it can, you know, impair the quality of that office 365 and SharePoint yeah. experience. What do you talk about around performance? Um, well, it depends on if I'm talking to admins and, you know, good old fashioned gearheads, or if I'm talking to developers, um, if I'm talking to developers, I'll talk about, uh, different client side patterns of implementation, um, to, you know, maximize, uh, responsiveness and pages to point out the fact that when you're in the cloud, you've got typically less bandwidth. Uh, and more latency than you do on-prem because a lot of developers still develop with on-prem in their mindset. And some of those techniques can of course be, um, they can do a lot to hide. Um, if you're a developer and you're doing something a poor way, 
the high bandwidth, low latency can hide a lot of problems that you'll see online. So I'll talk about what you can do with caching and things like that. Um, for the gearheads, and by gearhead, I'm referring to uh, network admins, um, uh, Windows Server admins, people who run firewalls. I'll talk about you know getting people egressing from local regions, getting people onto Microsoft network as close as possible to the point of egress. I'll talk about the role of um, proxies, particularly authenticating proxies, how they can slow you down, how a DNS problem can make cloud services look like they're responding poorly, but in actuality, your DNS lookups are taking a long time. There's a whole lot of stuff in there, and I've done some, uh, a few labs and, uh, excuse me, workshops uh, at different conferences on that. It's still a favorite of mine, and, you know, I'd like to, I try to cover a little bit of both, because even if you're an admin who only cares about the pipes, not what's flowing through them, but the pipes, um, you should know a little bit about development, what they're going to be developers are going to be looking at as part of this process. And I make sure to give some of that to developers too. Hey, this is how to tell if your poorly performing page, kind of a wet the finger, put it in the wind, if the poorly performing page is due to you or if it might be due to network conditions because I'll you know run through my five minute performance troubleshooting exercise. And if you get a number that comes out that's particularly large and you can't account for it in page load and uh, request duration, then that's something else happening on the network. And you probably ought to go to your uh, network team or firewall team or whoever it is in your organization, hopefully not you, but uh, get them involved so that they can perhaps take a look at how things are being routed around or where they might be slowing down. Now, are, are you, uh, your, your clients predominantly hybrid and, and, and have like the just big install bases still of, you know, on-premises SharePoint or is it, is it a mix? Are you seeing the majority move to pure cloud now? It's a mix for me, especially with the work I've been doing. A lot of, in fact, the bulk of the work I've been doing for the last four years is building Akumina intranets. Mm -hmm. um, and so many of those clients are actually in the cloud. Some of them are on-prem and a handful, good gosh, I think my wall is coming down. Um, handful of them are still on-prem, but honestly, it is a mix. And if they're on-prem, they're at least looking at the cloud, dipping their toe in it. Um, or they might have other workloads that are in the cloud, but they're not ready to put SharePoint out there. Um, so it just depends. I'm just wondering how much, um, you, you know, with uh, if you think about your clients on the performance topic, with clients that are going the pure cloud route, um, I mean, what what is the out-of-the-box experience compared to, you know, like, what 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 do you have to still tune with those clients? I mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming that uh, if there's some on-prem instances there and, and there's a, a hybrid or integration, you're or moving people over to the, to the cloud, there's, um, for those that are moving purely from on-prem to the cloud, there sometimes has to be an adjustment in expectations on the performance, you know, of those two platforms. And, um, but I'm just wondering what, what that experience is like. I mean, I know that when Office 365 launched, SharePoint Online launched, because mm -hmm. I was there in 2006, 2007, 2008, when it got rebranded as Office 365 uh, as a Microsoft employee. And, and it was performance. We was not the thing that we talked about. We were just trying to sell those licenses, get this out there. But 
you know, me being on the front lines in my role was, you know, dealing with the customer, training them on, getting them onboarded into the platform, you know, performance was topic number one. Um, mm. um, what is that like today? Um, it's true that new users of Office 365 and Azure services typically need to establish a new baseline or a new reality for what you're going to get. Uh, many of them have several pipes to the internet and they're high bandwidth pipes. So they can oftentimes get performance that uh, approaches on-prem, particularly global organizations where you're going to be going between geo regions. And with SharePoint, of course, that's never been a great story if you got to go to a different geo region. But with SharePoint Online, that actually helps make that situation better because you can get on the Microsoft backbone in region and get to SharePoint Online. So it's an improvement there. But um, I know with smaller clients in particular, um, those with limited means and bandwidth, they often, you know, the first sign of problems is when they're doing mailbox migrations, for instance, and they discover that they can't just push them all out overnight. Um, they need to stage them out. Files need to go out if they're using OneDrive for business. Um, and so, you know, most of the tools we've got, in fact, I'd say nearly all the tools we have for capacity planning for SharePoint Online, uh, those tools are organized around <clears throat> OneDrive for business access, not SharePoint itself. SharePoint is talkative and very, you know, chatty on the wire, but you're not oftentimes moving large files uh, into and out of SharePoint. Typically, they're going to OneDrive for business. So that's where the capacity planning comes in. But, you know, SharePoint performance, as offered by Microsoft, is very good right now, and they continue to improve it. Um, I know one of the big uh, pushes that was made I want to say I was talking to somebody about it during the last Ignite was taking, um, you know, just taking OneDrive for Business content, moving that content into its own SQL farms away from the SharePoint sites because they operate, obviously, the, the access patterns and the usage are different. Um, they were just trying to, you know, squeeze a little bit more performance out of the storage that's being used for sites and then for OneDrive for Business. Um, and so that was an effort that was ongoing. But of course, you know, rolling anything out to the cloud or SharePoint online is, you know, we may, Microsoft may say, oh, going into general availability and somebody goes and checks their tenant. Not there yet. Might be months, weeks, uh, at least sometime, depending on where you are in that release and if you're in, you know, early release. But um, most businesses that at least understand how the cloud works and have some other workload in the cloud, what they get with SharePoint Online and Office 365 makes them pretty happy, just out of the box as it is right now. Um, it's only the ones who either haven't done it or <laughs> have not acknowledged the reality of their own users' files and usage patterns that uh, tend to come up a little unhappy. Yeah, and I don't know that there's any amount of uh, you know end user training that's going to prepare them for that if they're you know ma making that adjustment, and it's. Uh... But you're right. I mean, there's there's been a lot of advances in the technology side. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, um, there's a you know a lot of a lot of conversations that happen around you know go, going back a ways with uh, having worked for uh, having been acquired by the same uh, uh, happy group of people, the, our mm -hmm. respective companies. So I was at Acceler, and then when we bought, I was there when we acquired Idera, 
and uh, kind of all the components there. But it's, it's uh, you don't hear, uh, uh, maybe I'm just, I'm not listening for it anymore, but there's just not a lot of, uh, of, of, of content of, of training or anything out front about uh, on the performance topic in, in general. It's something that you've got to go dig more. You've got to have some experience around it. And I think that the assumption is made, again, my perspective, the assumption is made that people generally understand that, hey, a lot of times it's not the limitation of the technology, but it's the, uh, but of your infrastructure, the pipes, your, you know. Anyway, exactly. it's, it's, it's kind of hard though to, uh, it sounds like you're passing the buck when you say, hey, look, it's not a SharePoint issue, it's not an Office 365 issue, and it's the fact that you're on an IDSL line. You know? <laughs> well, actually, I, you know, I give folks a way to test and perhaps infer where the problems are um, because we get response headers directly back on SharePage, uh, SharePoint page processing that tells us how long one, first of all, the request, the IIS latency, how long the request spends waiting on the server before processing, and then the request duration, how long it actually took to process and return that page. Um, so if those numbers are low, but you're encountering massive off-scale slowdown and latency, then there's probably something else going on. But you can look directly at those numbers and I can say, look, it only took, took 1,500 milliseconds to process your page. That's 1.5 seconds on the server. Maybe that's higher than you'd like, but you know, it's not the seven seconds you are experiencing in real life here. So you've clearly got to look for something else. But yeah, a lot of that is... Um, for folks who want to just knee jerk into blaming Microsoft, I'm not trying to pass the buck, but more often than not, it's uh, questionable development practices or customization practices that folks do. And yep. we give, uh, you know, in that session, I'll typically give some things that can get them immediate returns on investment if they want to go through and just kind of refactor their sites. You know, just, uh, Couple, couple thoughts there. So what, what are the things that, uh, I mean, you, you remember back, you know, uh, in fact, I just saw him today was up here meeting with uh, a venture capital firm, but my former CEO, Gary, uh, with Echo Technology that was, we built migration software that was bought, purchased by, uh, by Acceler. Um, but we were the first uh, migration, SharePoint migration platform that had pre-migration analysis as part of That's the migration cool. activities. And it made me think, so that, you know, came up. So to, to know beforehand, you know, Hey, what the impact was to have data around the yeah. performance is, is the same kind of thing. It's like, you're going to be able to better go and plan and build a strategy to, to know what's in front of you. Um, Rencore is doing something you know, more aligned with this where yeah. specifically around your customizations to go in there and not that's going to identify every potential problem that you might have with customizations that could slow down your, your system or make your system uncompliant. Um, mm -hmm. And they're not sponsoring this recording for those who are watching. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but again, it's doing an analysis of all those uh, customizations to say anything that's not normal, that is not, uh, you know, SP, SPFX, you know, compliant, you know, anything that could have flagged, it might be fine. It might be working as designed, but at least it's identifying those things you go take a look at and before you uh, make a decision to, you know, to, to move forward with that thing. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having as much knowledge up front is good. And it, you know, 
to the credit of Scott Stewart and his team at Microsoft, um, they put together the SharePoint page performance uh, analyzer. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually a <laughs> this is a sore point I'm sure with some folks at Microsoft. It's only available in Google Chrome from the Chrome store. <laughs> Not available for Edge or IE, but um, there's a few so things like they they, uh, they offered some feature, some cool sounding. Uh, um, productivity tip that was only available on Android phones uh, a few <laughs> yeah. months back. And people were like, what? I know. It just, yeah. I know the intention was to roll it out for uh, Edge at the same time, but um, I think it's called Page Diagnostics Tool. And if you go out and dig in the Chrome store, you can download it. And if you go out to a SharePoint online page, many of the things I talk about, it'll automate the analysis of those and give you suggestions. So it's a nice tool to just pull out and perhaps uh, use on your own to get an indication of maybe my page isn't healthy, maybe it is healthy and I need to be looking somewhere else, but can give you a hand. It's free. It's nice. It's the right price. That's right. The yeah. right price. Well, that's, that's very cool. Well, well Sean, I mean, so people want to find out more about this. I know you've written about, about this. So how can people find you? And do you have any other white papers or content or, or website that people could go to about they want to know specifically on this topic of, performance tuning of their SharePoint environments? Um, sure, if you go to my blog, which is sharepointinterface.com, um, many of the articles in recent history are performance related. And I have a link on the home page. actually it's on every page of the blog, but if you uh, go to the resources and, I don't remember what it's called, resources, but basically it's all the previous presentations I gave. Um, going all the way back to 2009. Many of them are, uh, most of the deliveries of this per, uh, variation of, well, let's try slower English this time. There are, like you said, my presentations oftentimes have many different forms and are tuned slightly differently. Every presentation I've given since 2009 is out in that resources area on my blog. So. You can pull those materials down. I respond to emails. I can't always guarantee an immediate response, but I try to get back to people. Again, that um, website is SharePoint Resource. SharePointInterface.com. SharePointInterface.com. Makes you sound like such a tool. Oh, boy. There we go. There was a, uh, I was just yes. looking for an opportunity to use the sound effect. I, I was like, I had to reboot my, uh, my stream <laughs> to pull that thing up, but... Uh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Very uh, nice. In the editing, I'll clean that up and I'll sound much more suave. And, and <laughs> Yeah, well, the magic of editing. <laughs> you can have me say anything you want, effectively, with editing. Sounds like you gave me permission for that. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll look forward to it. Yeah. Um, oh, great. <laughs> Well, Sean, hey, it's always a pleasure to, to, to chat, and uh, thanks a lot for uh, talking as part of the MVP Buzz Chat. You bet. Thanks for having me. Wow.